0: It's actually much harder to turn a boat that's not in motion in some ways than to just have a little forward momentum that you can go into the turn with a little bit more speed. But I think so many people are paralyzed by fear that they don't realize that inaction is
1: also a choice. When Monday Nation could not be more fired up to introduce our next guest, Jacqueline Lane. And in case the name sounds familiar, y'all know that we recently had an amazing jam session with none other than Marshall Goldsmith and Scott Osman, all co authors of Becoming Coachable. So, of course, we're going to double click on that. But a little bit about Jacqueline, as she is the president of the 100 Coaches Agency, just this incredible zest for not only life, but this lifelong commitment of helping others improve the lives of their own being by elevating the quality of leadership. We were just riffing off camera about this beautiful intersection of work and leadership and passion and purpose. And just heads up, she also happens to be a massive fan of the name of our show, Win Monday. So we may go there. But a really, really cool background, a little bit of corporate America, a little bit of academia, a little bit of international humanitarian work. And so just a wonderful soul, wonderful human being. Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. It's such a pleasure to be here. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. We are recording this on a Monday, all right, Win Monday Nation. So we are practicing what we preach. Why don't we just start there? I never would have thought this would be the first question, but because of our off-camera convo, Win Monday, you said, I love that. Talk to us.
0: Yeah. Oh man. That's just how I feel at the start of every single week is, wow, I get to do this work. And I think that's what is so powerful about this place and this time that we spend so many hours of our days of our lives with. And if we have something that's meaningful, that gets us fired up, how much better are our entire lives? So I totally resonate with this idea of winning Monday because the right work, man, there's nothing like it. You just get mm. up to go to work every day.
1: Mm. Double clicking on a few words that you said in that, and uh, one of the chapters even in my book Better Decisions Faster is "Get to do beats have to do." You know, sometimes you okay. look at the same, 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 same thing on the calendar, and it's like, "Ugh, I have to do it." Like, I have to go to this meeting versus I get to connect with these ten amazing people. Same thing on the calendar, but it's this injection of gratitude. So hanging out there. You said, whether it's jumping on this podcast, whether it's the way that you step into every Monday, I get to do this. Where did that spirit of gratitude come from for work? And also a double question, maybe take us back to a time where maybe you didn't have that mindset. Maybe not, not your whole professional journey was as rosy and filled with gratitude. So like, where did the spirit come from? And maybe take us back to when that wasn't the default mindset.
0: Yeah, exactly the case. I mean, it has been quite a journey. I'm grateful again for the opportunity to be here now in this place because I it, it strikes me what a privilege it is to have work that feels so meaningful. And I remember, you know, as many of us do, we start our careers in corporate America or in, you know, various companies and we're just looking for that first job or that first fit. And those can be great places to learn and figure out what it is that's the right fit for us. But I remember, you know, being on one of a very particularly stressful role where I was on call a lot of the time and I just feel this dread when my phone would ring or when something would happen. It just felt like I was constantly putting out fires and it just really wasn't the right fit for me personally, because I think that for me working with people and, you know, I have a background in engineering, but it took me two engineering degrees to recognize that really my calling and purpose in life is really to work with people. Hmm. And so a job that was so focused on engineering was actually something that was draining me every day. And I didn't know why I was so exhausted at the end of every week. But of course, making some of that transition at the start of the pandemic has been really fruitful and created just a totally different attitude around the way I approach my life, my work, my relationships, everything has changed for the better. And I, I love what our friend, our mutual friend, Marshall Goldsmith says, meaning doesn't really exist in a job. It exists in you. Hmm. And I think that's a really important distinction that we really get to choose meaning and connect to that deeper Why? Of what we do, but in learning some of that framing and in really feeling the gratitude for the ability to get to do that work, that's that's changed everything in my life. And now and now it really it feels more like going to go play rather than going to work.
1: Mm, so good. so, so good. Let me ask you this: If I tap into somebody right now listening in, they are proud members of our Win Monday community. They're just fired up about every single episode of the wind Monday podcast. But I also know that you got to meet people where they are. And sometimes folks are already kind of in this optimal space and, you know, I'm charged and I'm growing and I feel the momentum and the passion and the purpose. But what if there's somebody listening in that might be where you were years mm-hmm. ago, where to use what, something you just said, you were drained. What if somebody right now is suffering from feeling drained because of work or something else, or maybe they're burned out? Like, let's talk to them right here, right now. And in the sense of what steps can we take if that's how we currently feel? Like for you, were there cues? Were there signals? How did you tackle it back then? And then let's pay that advice forward.
0: Man, it's such an important question and and conversation that we're all having right now is what's our relationship with work and different boundaries. And I think for me, a, a big part of my own journey was getting coached mm. and that a coach really helped me get very clear on my priorities and really see where I was spending a lot of time and energy that wasn't serving me or taking on different challenges or things that weren't, that weren't really meant for me to carry. And so in getting very clear, these are my goals. These are the things that matter most. And I'm actually going to get rid of, you know, remove those other things that are non-essential. This idea of glass balls versus rubber balls when we're juggling, right? Those rubber balls, if you drop them from time to time, they'll bounce back. They'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But understanding the difference between the glass balls and the rubber balls was a really helpful idea for me and recognizing that I didn't actually have to be juggling everything all at once. And so I think just... Learning to forgive myself, and especially to think I was valuable enough to take the time to rest and to recover—that I was worthy outside of creating a certain amount of value or a certain amount of work output. That was really that shift was really the beginning of a powerful journey for me. And I, I, I reminded it too of a story where a friend had told me. I described my job at the time in corporate America, and it was a like kind of a logistics based job. So inevitably, there were always different things happening and fires being put out. And they said, wow, uh, it sounds kind of like you're shoveling sand in the desert. You know, mm. <laughs> it's never going to stop. It's kind of this incessant flow, how like that must be draining. And it really bothered me for a few weeks. And then I sat and really thought about that. And I rec- I realized something, the sand may like erase some of my progress every day, but there is something that's changing. I'm actually getting stronger. I'm getting Mm. better. Right. And I think that that simple shift to recognize I am growing and just that idea of, I am continuing to make positive progress. If just for myself and nothing else that, that really sat with me and became this like source of strength, even as I was in something that
1: was challenging. Mm. Awesome. To win Monday and beyond, we all know that confidence is the ante to play. And I want to help. So if you haven't already, head over to my website and take your very own confidence quiz where you'll walk away knowing your confidence score one to hundred. You'll also get my 12 keys to build and sustain unshakable confidence. Your quiz is waiting at paulepsteinspeaks.com. Main Navbar hit confidence quiz. Again, that's paulepsteinspeaks.com. And you'll find your very own confidence quiz right there in the main nav bar. With that, let's get back to the show. A lot of these internal thoughts, these transformational thoughts you just described. I love them. And of course, reflecting back in the rear view mirror, you, you paid a lot of that credit forward to a coach. And, and I'm sure you've had several coaches that have had a massive impact in your life. But again, tapping back into our Win Monday community, if the question is, am I always ready for a coach? Like, is any day the best day to just start a coaching relationship or do I need to do some work in advance of that? Do I need to prepare myself? Do I need to overcome whether there are self-limiting beliefs or is it that confidence work? or like, Is there something that I should be doing before engaging with a coach or is the coach always step one? So talk to us about that.
0: I wish I had a hard and fast rule, but I think it really depends on the person. For some people, that initial reach out to a coach or some of those first conversations is part of what gets the ball rolling for them. And so that can be really positive. And for other people, they like to be more contemplative and have a clear understanding of their situation and their goals before they start engaging different coaches to explore Mm. where that relationship could go and what's going to be the right fit for them. So it's not really a hard and fast rule, but I, I would say do whatever feels like it's helping you make progress. And if especially if you're feeling stuck and going through that mental loop over and over and over again, and nothing's changing and you're wondering why, doing something a little different may be just the thing that breaks the cycle and keeps things progressing in a positive direction.
1: Mm, Yeah, great advice. And just to add some seasoning to that, because I get asked the question all the time, knowing that I do some coaching work as well is, and folks ask me, who's my coach? And I say, well, there's actually a longer answer than you're probably expecting because I mm-hmm. have more than one. Right. And so as an example, I do have a business coach. I have had a leadership slash executive coach. I have a speaking coach. I have a personal brand coach. This is a podcast. I have a podcast coach. And the reason that I believe in coaching, it's I believe that we should be investing in the areas of life that are important to us. Yes. So in other words, if I didn't believe, if speaking I did not feel was my calling and it brought me a great sense of purpose and it's how I ignite impact and like I'm all in on being a speaker the rest of my life, why wouldn't I want an amazing coach in that space to help me? raise my game so that i could impact even more lives and so i just use that because that does have a professional lens to it but i also think we can take a very personal lens at the end of the day if something is deeply important to you then odds are we shouldn't always be tackling those things alone
0: i couldn't agree more i mean we don't do any of this alone you know this it's this myth of self reliance We really need the support of other people, especially as you said, Paul, in those areas that are important to us. Another way I think about how to engage a coach is if you're looking at a certain area of life or work that is either valuable or meaningful to you, and you're at some kind of inflection point in regards to that thing, that's a really good time to be looking for support from a coach or some other external party. You know, the inflection point would say, that there's some opportunity that you're either going to take or not take. There's a crossroads, a fork in the road. You recognize that this is going to be trajectory changing. That inflection point in either something that's valuable, uh, again, that could be financially or otherwise, or meaningful in some way. And again, I think that helps frame it for people a little more clearly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I hear the word coach, it could be a job, it could be a role, mm-hmm. but I actually want to see if maybe we could have fun and riff on a different interpretation of it. Because let's say that I'm not a, quote, positional leader where that person inevitably would say, of course, part of your job is to be a great coach for your team, for your people, for the organization, et cetera. What if I'm in an individual contributor role? And if somebody asked me the question, can that person be a coach? I would say, hell Yes. Hell yes, because I do believe it's a, it's a mindset. It's a piece of identity. So let's talk to somebody that maybe doesn't have the air quotes title that you would typically associate with a coach, but they still want to help be a beacon of light and a coach for others. Let's talk about what that process could look like, because I bet you there's a lot of folks in our Win Monday community to say, I want to be a coach. I don't have that title, but I want to debunk the myth that they need that title.
0: I could not agree more, Paul. I think that is a core belief for us is is that really anyone can be a coach. It's kind of like a it's in the same way that anyone can be a leader. Now it doesn't, it doesn't require certain title or positional power to show up and demonstrate what good leadership is. Similarly, that same thing could be said for coaching, that a coach is someone who knows how to help and support other people to be their best at its simplest. And so a lot of times what that involves is giving feedback and receiving feedback, helping people take actions that are going to advance them in their own goals, serving as some kind of an accountability partner or support system for people. So in that sense, you can be a wonderful coach for a spouse, a close friend, a colleague. If, and As you said, if you're a manager of people, for the people you lead, there are all kinds of ways in which that skill set can be incredibly valuable. But I would also add this, that I think one of the best qualities of a great coach is that they are also coachable themselves. So they Mm. also need to learn how to be on the receiving end of coaching. And I think that is part of what gives them empathy as they are going through the coaching process.
1: Mm. What gets in the way of that? If everybody philosophically would agree, sure, being coachable is important. I want to be more (laughs) coachable, but it ain't easy. So what are the challenges? What's getting in the way of everybody around us being coachable?
0: There are a few major culprits that I see. The first is believing that they have it all right.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Or simply saying, I don't think I need to change. I think I'm doing pretty good. And you may be, but let's be honest, who among us doesn't think we couldn't be better? Mm. You know? And I think just that simple recognition that I can go further, I can be better. As our friend Marshall would say, you can be more, right? I love that reminder. So the second though I see is negativity, where they believe it won't work for them for whatever reason, or every time they receive some kind of feedback, they dismiss it offhand. That's mm. another really common thing. Another challenge, of course, is people who lack humility, that intellectual humility to recognize that they may be wrong, or having somewhat of a fixed mindset, not being so committed to their own growth, or as Carol Dweck would say, a growth mindset.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think those are the, the primary challenges people face.
1: You know, it's crazy, Jacqueline. So as you and I, we've built a more recent relationship and, and I just love every conversation that I have with you. So you don't know this about my past, but this it's a quick story. It goes back to when I was an entry-level sales manager for the LA Clippers way back in the day. So Kobe and Shaq were on the other side of the hall. We were kind of the red-headed stepchild of the building. We were losing, like in an 82-game season, I think we won 17 or 19 games. So it was a rough sled. Thankfully I was not the player. Okay. Yes. But, but on the flip side though, our culture, it was a little negative and there was a kind of a losing mindset and it permeated. So what I did to kind of in the spirit of controlling the controllables, I literally called it a constitution and I would hire folks into this six to nine month sales training and development program. So if I hire you on January 1st, I said, Hey, If that's the case, that means in Q3 is when you're going to graduate from here. And these are the three non-negotiables that you need to own every single day. And they thought I was going to pound performance into their heads because, again, it's sales, it's sales, it's sales. It was a phone banging job. But I actually flipped it on its head and I said, my job is to hire the best talent. Don't you worry about selling a widget. But here's what I need from you. I need three things. Work ethic, positivity, and coachability. So Jacqueline, think about what you that's just real. said, like a couple minutes ago, work your tail off, be ultra positive because our environment's not going to do that for you. And you gotta be willing to just get 1% better every day. That's this coachable mindset. And I said, if you give me those three things, I will take care of you the rest of your career, the rest of your life, whether this job works out or not, that's the hard hat. So literally it was a constitution around those three things.
0: I love that so much. Those are exactly the things that I look forward to when I'm hiring somebody. If you can make those three commitments, work ethic, positivity, and coachability, like the sky's the limit, really. People ask me all the time, what kind of skills are you looking for when you're hiring? And I say skills can be taught. These mm-hmm. three things, those are three things that are hard to teach. But if someone has them, they can learn anything. Mm. Yeah, Love but we it. see that we see the same these days when different executive search firms are looking to place leaders at the very highest levels of Fortune 500 companies, and that those are some of the same qualities that they're asking for. Coachability has become one of those words that's starting to permeate the C-suite, and people are asking, "Is this person really coachable?" It's so interesting.
1: Mm. Yeah, speaking of interesting, I as I study up on your background, there's a lot of interesting things here. And I I know you and I share this, that we always believe that the people that are going to win are those of curiosity. And so we always preach about being interested over interesting. So I think, especially in the US, we have this thing of every single networking function, trying to be the most interesting person in there. But in your case, you have a track record of being very interested. And so perhaps this comes from your international exposure. I know you've done a lot of humanitarian work, but talk to us about kind of the zest for life, the zest for curiosity, the zest for people. Where did that come from?
0: Well, I think it, that at its core, really comes from my mom. Uh, mm. I think, I mean, both my parents are wonderful people. They uh, practice medicine in Southern Colorado. And for them, it's a calling. It's so much more than work. And, you know, I asked them about it Said, you know, why do you do what you do? And they both said, because we want to be with people on some of the worst days of their lives and support them, and to really see them and be there with them during really hard and trying times. And I think that's that's become kind of a, in, a deeply internalized into who I am as a person. And so that's that's taken me a whole variety of different places. But I think you know, no matter. Where it is that we're talking to people, whether it's refugees and refugee camps in Greece, or whether it's the very highest level of executive suites, people have a deep need to feel seen and heard. Mm. And people who do that well are rare. And it's amazing how disarming it is to have someone come into that space to treat you like the valuable person that you are, to want to hear your life story. I love being able to create that kind of space. And again, that's, that's been a wide ranging journey and it's really become very clear to me that that's some of my calling in life. And I really have far less of an interest being in a spotlight. If I could have an entire career of just supporting and promoting my friends, the people who I love, that's gonna be a great career for me.
1: Well, not only a great career, but even tapping into our Win Monday Nation if we want to win, I think what Jacqueline just brought us to is if you can win the game, the authentic game of making people around you feel seen and heard, you're going to win. You're going to win a lot, a lot of relationships, a lot of trust, which is amazing currency. Like, I mean, just all these wonderful things because you shined the light and made people feel like they genuinely mattered. They were seen, they were heard. You also said another thing, Jacqueline, that I really hope that we can get tactical here because I too use the C word. And so you brought up your parents and you said the word calling, and then you said about your own personal journey and the word calling. But I know to a lot of folks out there and, and many listening in, that sounds so big. Like I found my calling. This is what I feel called to do. We're not even close to that. And so for me, I almost view it as a progression, you know, before that's a career. And I say one of the greatest graduations of my life is career to calling. But well, let's go back to this foundational level. If I have no freaking clue <laughs> what I am called to do, like I am just, I don't know. I don't have clarity there. What are some initial micro steps that could at least get to learn a little bit more about ourselves and maybe create a little bit of that early stage of momentum toward what we hope is finding our calling.
0: This is one of the I wish I had a great answer for it because it's it's such a important journey that we are all on. And then again, everyone's journey is different, but I'll sure. just speak for myself and some Please. of some of the advice that I'm that I share with people is really to just follow your own energy. If there's hmm. a certain task that you're doing throughout a day or part of your job or just part of life, and you say, wow, I could do that forever. My energy is boosted, That I, I, time flies in a way that I wasn't even conscious of. That's a pretty good indication that that's something that is probably closer to your own zone of genius. And likewise, if there's something that feels completely jarring and grating and where you're more exhausted after doing it or talking with that person or whatever it may be, then that's maybe a good indication that that's something you want to try to make a little less of in your life. And so paying attention to that energetic shift as it happens is is a good first step. And then the thing I tell people who are in jobs where they know this isn't my forever job. This is a waste station for me. It's good for now. And I'm trying to figure out what's next. I always tell people, okay, well, just take the next step. Be bold and asking for, hey, is there another role at the company that would be a better fit for me? Or I'm interested in learning or exploring this area. Or maybe it's, again, stepping out on your own to to start a side hustle kind of in addition to another job or, or whatever it may be. Or maybe it's jumping to another company, but making some kind of forward motion i find is really good because even if you miss the mark you can start to shift your direction a little bit more easy it's actually much harder to turn a boat that's not in motion in some ways than to just have a little forward momentum that you can go into the turn with a little bit more speed but i think so many people are paralyzed by fear that they don't realize that inaction is also
1: a choice love the spirit of wind monday Then join the Win Monday community, an elite tribe of like-minded and like-hearted people just like you and I, on a mission to get 1% better every day with unshakable confidence. For Win Monday gear, motivation, and exclusive content just for you, you can find it all at paulepsteinspeaks.com. In the main nav bar, click on Community. paulepsteinspeaks.com, main nav bar, hit Community. With that, welcome in, and let's get back the show. Inaction is definitely a choice. And also the worst possible decision of them all is indecision. The best, not only leaders and coaches, but people in the world. Like if you ask me what's something that we think is a through line of people that are consistently winning, they're decisive. They're right. decisive. And guess what? I cannot guarantee from being decisive. I don't guarantee positive outcomes a hundred percent of the time, but it's that willingness. It's the whole, like, it's not success or failure. It's success or growth, success right. or learning. It's that whole pendulum. Exactly. But Jacqueline, that's so awesome. I think that's great advice. It, who knows? It may mark my words here, may even end up being the title of this conversation, but Follow your own energy. I thought that was spot on. So for our entire Win Monday nation, follow your energy relative to everything in your life. How do you feel about the job? How do you feel about this person? How do you it they gotta be head, heart, hands, fully ignited? That's where I want to bring us down the home stretch of our conversation to Jacqueline, in terms of your current energy and your future energy. So when you and I initially met, it's through a Wonderful mutual friend of ours, also publisher, Nairn Arial. he's been a guest of the show and just a dear friend for both of us. And so we were meeting at your book launch party along with Scott and with Marshall. So if I asked you your own energy, what are you most energized about right now? And also, what are you most energized about the future?
0: Hmm. Well, I am just—I feel like I'm just bubbling with energy right now. It's maybe it's the excitement of a book launch and getting the word out there about this, and starting to hear some of that preliminary feedback about the way that it's being received and the impact that that's having on people. It is really amazing that I—the power of ideas. And to be able to be the conduit or vehicle to share some of those ideas, it's just incredibly fulfilling. So that's that's where I'm at right now. And in the next year, we are looking at some s- big projects. Uh, we're working with some major governments, major companies to help them really rethink and redefine the very top of leadership and leadership development. I love this opportunity to work with some of these people who have so much influence and impact yeah, it's, it's going to be an amazing ride and I'm excited to see where that takes us.
1: That's so cool. And the fact that you positioned it within a year, there's 52 Mondays in the year and we are here because we believe that is where all momentum starts. And so whether it's Jacqueline diving deep into all the impactful ventures that she just talked about, or you're listening in right now. And that's where I want to bridge the gap. And this is going to be how we close out of here. So Jacqueline, one thing, one piece of advice or perspective, if the goal here is to win Monday, and we believe that we start small, it's a life of decisions and actions. And so if you could leave us with one tidbit, one tool, one tactic, whatever it is, one way that everybody listening in can win this coming Monday.
0: Hmm. I think I want to echo what you said earlier, Paul. That it make it more important to you to hear rather than to be heard, to see others rather than to be seen, to love others than to be loved, and I think you'll be surprised how much of that really comes
1: returned to you. Hmm. So good, so Jacqueline, this has been such an amazing conversation, and yes, we are gearing up for the home stretch. But in terms of just our entire Win Monday Nation and community where can we find you? Where can we follow you? We'd love to just piggyback on that exciting ride that you've been laying out for us.
0: Thank you so much. Of course, feel free to anyone to reach out or add me on LinkedIn. Uh, Again, my name is Jacqueline Lane. And you can also follow along 100coaches at 100coaches.com. We also have the agency site, which is agency.100coaches.com. And if you wanted to learn more about my latest book, Becoming Coachable with Scott Osman and Marshall Goldsmith, that's at becomingcoachable.com.
1: Jacqueline, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for being on the Win Monday podcast.
0: Thank you, Paul. Keep winning.
1: Another fire episode of the Win Monday podcast is in the books. If you gain value from today's conversation, don't forget to subscribe and share it as we grow our Win Monday nation together. Until the next time, let the rest of the world fantasize about Friday. You and I, we choose to win Monday.